Doug, thanks for the nice introduction. Renee, thanks for the opportunity to talk to the squad, to all of you. Thanks for taking time out of your day. Uh, to your point about Ozark Christian College, uh, if you roll the video, when I walked across and they handed me my diploma, I cracked it open to see if my diploma was actually in there. It was, it was touch and go all the way to the end, Ken, but uh, God's grace was sufficient. And, uh, you know, some people just need a little bit more time in the fire for all the impurities to come out and rise to the surface. But uh, God did his work and he's still doing it. Well, what I want to do today, if you'll let me and listen, I'm, I'm young enough and new enough that you can you don't have to. But if you'll let me, I want to I want to take you through um, a strategy that we're adopting here at the church. And then I want to show you how we implemented it on the early stages. And then I want to tell you uh, the impact that it's had at our church. And then I'm going to give you access to all of it. Because if you want it, I want you to be blessed by it. If you think it's junk, throw it away. But um, during the pandemic, I started attending uh, some think tank meetings with a group of executive pastors from across the country. And one of the things we were trying to figure out does what does engagement look like? Obviously, in the church for a really long time, we focused heavily on baptisms, on attendance, on giving. Uh, we might pay attention to how many people are in life groups, how many people are involved in serving. Every church has their form of metrics. Um, and out of that think tank kind of emerged this thought, which was engagement is the new attendance. Um, a lot of us have seen frequency of attendance go uh, down across all of our locations. So while our church that is physically meeting on a weekend is probably smaller in some respects, the amount of people that would call your church home has probably gone up exponentially. So uh, for instance, at our church right now, about 25% uh, of our people are not physically there any particular weekend. And so our church is, even though our church is growing, or if you were to take in the account, the amount of people that are calling our church home, that number is a lot larger. You guys have probably already been down that road. The problem is <coughs> people don't grow spiritually in isolation. Uh, they have to be connected in some way, shape, or form. They have to have a network. They have to have a community. And so we started just running the numbers and going, okay, what, does, what are we going to call an engaged person? And I mean, this is super simple stuff. But uh, an engaged person at our church would give, they would serve, and they would be in a life group. So we ran the numbers and it was crazy. Uh, it's 24, 25, 24 percent of our people fall into one of those camps. So at our church, 24 percent of our people will serve. 24 percent of our people will give at a certain level. 25 percent of our people will be in a life group. And then 25 percent of our people will say, thanks for the communion juice and just walk out. Then we started to measure how many of our people are in both who do at least two things. And the crazy thing is, it's almost the exact same across the board. It's 6.7, 7, and 7.1, which is nuts. And then we asked this question, how many people are doing all three? And that number is 3%. So if you were to ask me, 
How many people at the crossing out of all of our engaged people are, are all of our active people are engaged? 3%. Well, here's my question. If this is how good our church is at 3%, what does she look like at six? We assumed that people who served were probably also our givers. Not true. We also assumed that people who are in life group were probably our givers. Not true. Uh, if you look at Romans 12, when it talks about how people are naturally hardwired, it makes sense to me that people will automatically jump into the boat that God has already naturally hardwired them. So chances are, if you have a person who gives at a high level at your church, they are not serving and they are not in a life group, which means that they are the least connected and the most vulnerable to disappearing from your church. And potentially the more money they give you, the less connected they'll become. This was all crazy information for me. Okay. So I know you're getting it. You know, some of you may already be down this road. Others of you, this might be feeling like a fire hose. So we made a decision here at our church that we're going to pastor over programming. We're going to choose pastoring our people over programming, which means we are going to work hard to get people connected and in relationships. And we've been building out a whole strategy to that. While we're building that out, one of the things that we made a commitment is that our weekend service is going to have a pastoral tone. So when we get up to preach on a weekend, we want to have a, like, we are rooting for you. Um, we want to help you. We're putting ourselves in a pastoral, you know, if I could, you know, have Wes Beavis's couch on a Sunday morning and keep everybody awake, I would sit on that when I talk to him. Our first big ex experiment with this is the sermon series I'm going to talk to you about it, or I'm about ready to talk to you about. Now, inside of that, so I'm feeling all of this weight of engagement. Then I started having conversations with people and listening to conversations that you guys were having on these uh, weekly calls. And after the pandemic, um, or at least if you were to see the pandemic as a, a, a time in history, so it wasn't just the pandemic, but other things were happening. Here's what we noticed, that there is a lack of trust in leadership and in churches. I mean, you know, Bill Hybels scuttled the ship for us. Um, you know, depending on where you're at on the rise and fall of, I mean, that scuttled the ship. Uh, Discovery Plus with Hillsong, that scuttled the ship. I got an email this week from somebody saying, just finished watching the Hillsong documentary and was just amazed at how much your church reminds me of their church. And I just wanted to thank you for all the hard work you're doing. I guess the only thing that separates you from them is your passion for lost people. And I'm going, ah, I don't even want to respond to this email with anything other than just thanks. Appreciate you. Can't wait to see you this weekend. I don't even want to dive into this thing because, you know, I'm no Carl Lentz. And um, so anyhow, there is a lack of trust in, uh, in leaders in churches. Two, there is increased family frustration. People have spent more time uh, with people than they were planning on, and they realize that they are not having the kind of family that they thought they would have. So they're feeling that way. Three, as they're navigating the effects of the pandemic, they are personally not doing as well as they thought they would do. So I was like, I want this sermon series to build trust in our church, not assume trust. There's a huge difference between those two things. 
<laughs> this was our test me in this, say it the Lord. Like we're going to get up on stage and give people an opportunity to trust us, not assume that they do. Give them the opportunity to trust God, not assume that they do. And uh, we wanted to speak into areas where, where the struggle is happening. And we want to show them that God's word is, is wise. And that's a way for us to be pastoral. So we wanted to give them the opportunity to see the benefits of being disciples before and, and to grow in their credibility with God or to give God more credibility. So the only way they're going to experience that God can be trusted or that you can be trusted is that they actually do something with what they're learning. You have to give them an opportunity to put it to the test. So we put together a sermon series called Better, How to Win at Home. And here, when we were going through this sermon series, you're going to have the same feeling that we had. You're going to go, Clayton, it looks like you are drawing a house in crayon. Like this is baby food. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Yup. And here's how we got there. So here's some questions I asked myself. I want you to ask them yourself. What percentage of the people that you are ministering to grew up in a Christian home? Hmm. What percentage of your people have a biblical worldview versus a political worldview? Hmm. What percentage of hey, your Clayton, people have Clayton. strong biblical disciplines? Hey, Clayton, can you slow down a little bit? Yeah. Can you repeat those questions, man? Those are powerful questions. What percentage of your people grew up in a Christian home? What percentage of your people have a biblical worldview versus a political worldview? What percentage of your people have strong biblical disciplines? And I'm going to tell you why all these are important in just a second. Now, these last two are heartbreaking. What percentage of your people are intact first round families? What I mean by a first round family, I am from a mother and father who are still married. That's the first round intact family. Now, I am not a first round intact family because my daughter Kennedy is my stepdaughter. Does that make sense? Okay. Now here's, here's one that will freak you out this weekend. I'm telling you, it will freak you out. What percentage of the kids that are in your ministry are being brought by grandparents? Stand at the door this weekend while, you're, while people are checking in and just click. How many kids get dropped off by grandparents? These are parents who love the Lord, tried to get their kids to do stuff. They screwed it up with band camp and sports and their kids never established a faith. And now those parents are, are becoming grandparents and they're trying to make sure they're, they are going, I've probably lost my kids, but not my grandkids, mm -hmm. which means all of your technology check-in, grandparents are doing that. So you need to assume, like when we talk about the parent Q app, what percentage of your people are app wise? Because parents are probably not 
as high of a, of a list of the people that are bringing your kids as you think they are. It's just something to look at. So here's what we did. We put an eight-week sermon series together. It started the week after Super Bowl weekend, which is one of our big attended weekends. I made a huge announcement about it from stage. We let the smart people get in the room and figure out how to promote it. And we called it Better How to Win at Home. And then the pitch is because everybody wants to win at home. Who wants to lose? So like we're putting ourselves in a situation where we're going, we're going to explore how to win at home. Here's what I'll tell you. Here's the, here's the bread and butter. <clears throat> During this sermon series, our attendance grew 21%. Mm. So there's that. Uh, I would tell you that, you know, it had something to do with part of the year, but it wasn't all of it because our church had not been anywhere close to that number. And we'd been open and mask free at our church for 18 months. This sermon series popped, uh, off. popped off in people's yes. minds and in their hearts. So what I want to do is I'm going to reshare what I sent earlier. And that is the Dropbox information for this sermon series. My mom said, anytime you show up, you should bring a gift. So this is my gift. I'm going to share my screen for a second. Um, are you in? All right, I'm going to have Jordan Henry share his screen for a second, okay? I want to walk you through this, and then I'll talk you through some of the logistics. We'll walk through it quickly, but I'm going to encourage you to download this. Um, this is all the things that we did for this sermon series, every single thing that we did. So if, it, if you want to press play at your church, you can. You don't need to give me credit. You received it as a gift from the Lord. I, I just want you to be able to do something that would be super beneficial. Are you, are you in Jordan? Yeah. Okay. First thing, here's my first gift to you. We built gigantic everyone signs. Click on that one, Jordan. We open, we built gigantic everyone signs. If you want it, it's free. I've got three of them. That thing is six feet tall. Uh, how long, how long? We have, we have two that are 32 feet long. 32 feet long. If you want a feature wall at your church that's 32 feet long and eight feet tall, we'll give it to you for free. Just uh, reach out to uh, someone at our church and we'll get it to you. And that's all the dimensions for it. But we got three of those. So if you want something cool at your church, we're done with them. And we'd love to give them to you. And if you're someplace warm, I'll drive it to you. And I'll stay all week to help you unload it. Okay, so inside of this sermon series, um, here is all, I'll do a quick overview of the content and then I'll take you back and walk you through uh, the series. So uh, here's all the editable documents. So all you do is your team, you can put your own stuff in there, but it, you, can, uh, you can address everything. Here's all your life group guides. If you wanna press play and have they been, they've been decrossing, correct? Uh, I believe so. I think all of these have been decrossing. So if you want to just send them out, you can send them out without you having to do any work. Um, then go. So this is all of the small group curriculum. Then we have um, series media. So this is all the stuff that we do for stage, for uh, YouTube, for social media, everything you could possibly want. And those are editable as well. 
all of the social media background stuff that we use. So that way you don't have to do any extra work there if you're wanting to blow up social media. And then uh, sermon content. Here's all the sermons that were done with, you know, Jerry's sermons will have less words than mine because Jerry's smarter than me, but it'll get you a long way. But at the very top, or if you go back out of this one, at the top of this one, it'll send you a link to uh, all the sermons online if you're wanting to watch those. Then um, if you go back one more thing, and then I'll pop you out of here. This is all the supplemental stuff. So these are all the things that we use to engage. And those are all built out for you if you want them. All right, Jordan, you stop sharing your screen. Thank you so much, Jordan. So here is the sermon series, Better How to Win at Home. Week one, we started off with offering hope that no matter how jacked up your family is, God can put it back together. People loved it. People just need to know it's not over. And we gave them an opportunity to do that. And then we had prayer cards that we asked people to pray every single week. We had four different groups of people, grandparents, single parents, single people, grandparents or parents, just four groups of people, four cards at the front of the stage. Here's the crazy thing. Our steps were packed every single service at every single location. You wanna know why? What kind of cold hearted Satan worshiper do you have to be to not be the kind of person who wants to pray for your kids? It is an on-ramp like you would not believe. And we encouraged them, pray these prayers every single day for the next week and see if it gets better. So we're not assuming trust, we're building trust. And people ate it up. And I was like, we are coloring with crayon, but it's working. Then the second week is, I mean, this is, you guys are going, Clayton, is it, is it this milky? Yes. It was this milky. The second week was you can't have the family you want if you don't have the right foundation. And there's only one foundation and it's the foundation of Jesus Christ. And people in our church were like, tell me more. Now, listen, guys, Jerry and I can do expository preaching. Jerry's like, you know, Jerry's a top five talent. I'm, you know, top 50. We can do all of that stuff. Our people eat it up when we do. But when we actually got all the way into their house, that's what this sermon series did. It led us into the, not just their house, it led us into their heart because we were speaking to the area where they are the most frustrated, the most confused and have the least amount of solutions. And the reason is because they've never known a godly family. They weren't raised in one. They don't have an intact one. They are first generation family leaders and they just need help. And why can't the church just give that to them? Um, so then on the foundation, we taught people how to have a, have a quiet time. Here's 10 minutes a day for the next seven days. We're going to teach you how to spend time in God's word, how to have spiritual disciplines. We did it all on social media. We made people challenge themselves. And for seven days, we just said, hey, here's how to have a Bible study. And people were like, I'd never read my Bible like that before. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I mean, this is like, uh, this is the sound of music. Uh, this is when what's her face comes out and says, let's start at the very begin a beginning, a very good place to start. Do, re, mi. Well, we do, re, mi for eight weeks, folks. So then we talked about uh, 
the after you have a great relationship with God, you have to have a great marriage. And here's how you have a great marriage. And we challenged everybody to go on a date night. And we had date night cards. I think we had a thousand people make take the challenge to go on a date night. There were eight challenges inside of their uh, big envelope. So they did one, did two, and it gave them perfect instructions. Like challenge one, pick a date, pick a restaurant. That's all you have to do. Don't open up the second challenge until you've sat down at the restaurant. By question four, everybody got cocky and they thought they were doing fine. And then they opened up question five and question six and question seven and question eight and like tears start flying out of people's faces. Now here's what's important. We were teaching people how to be couples. Like they have the capacity to do it. They just didn't know that they had it. So like, I mean, we had staff members. I mean, Jennifer and I did it. We sat in the parking lot at a Panera. I spent, I think 120 bucks and got two sandwiches and still went home hungry. And uh, like I mortgaged it. I called TSF. I got a small, it was a, it was a, not a huge line of credit, but it's a balloon payment. I mean, five years it's going, it's going up. Jennifer and I, by the fifth question, like there was a little, there were tears in our eyes. Well, here, here's the deal. You know what happened is every person, I mean, there's going to be a baby boom in our church uh, at this point, seven months from now. But here's the deal. For every single person who went on that challenge, they now have a magical memory that is associating their marriage and the church. People were saying, thank you. People are still going on them because they keep hearing about them. We have people posting about it. It was a, we had restaurants calling us saying this was super cool. It was, a, and I'm going, it was just a date night. They're doing what you would do if we told you to take your wife on a date. But our people don't know how to do this. They know how to go to a bar, get someone drunk, get them pregnant and marry them. They know how to do that. They don't know how to pursue their wife from a spiritual standpoint, from a godly standpoint. They don't know how to have conversations that you and I take for granted. They don't know how. Well, when you step into that moment and you get them to ask questions that they don't normally ask. Now, then we did one on week four with circles and we had them write thank you cards. And we had them write thank you cards to teachers, coaches, life group leaders, difference makers, anybody who had a spiritual impact. I think it's reasonable that we sent out 10 to 15,000 thank you cards that, uh, that week. Well, what does that do to the witness in your community when a whole bunch of people with crossing card stock and crossing envelopes, I mean, we bought all the envelopes. I mean, it's a, no matter what you sent out, it had a big old crossing sticker on it. Well, all of a sudden you're getting thanked by the church all over the school, superintendents, everyone. And people were like, Hey, we just want to thank your church for thanking us. And I'm like, I don't even know who you are, but we got the credit for it because our people were on behalf of our church, thanking people for the investment that they made in their lives. So we're teaching people how to be grateful. Then we got into week five, which is the, which was the, my favorite sermon of the whole thing. And that was on technology. 
And here was the thing I did. This was like the, this is the sermon you want to watch. Not because I'm a good communicator, but because the content in this is gold. Parents are upset that their kids are always on their phone. And everybody hates what technology is doing to them. The problem is, do you know who's on their phone just as much? The parents. And so we owned it. And we encouraged them. Uh, we had a technology night where we trained parents on the challenges of social media. And all of that stuff's on our family series. If you go to the crossing.net slash family, you can click on all the challenges and all the information we have. But we did a technology night where parents and grandparents showed up at church and we talked to them about how to implement uh, safeguards on your phones, how to make sure your kids don't have burner accounts. Uh, you can't make this up. On the weekend that I preached on it, the Monday before, one of our staff members' daughters' face or Instagram account got hacked. They were trying to solicit $500 out of her. She ended up, because she didn't have $500 to get her account back, sent over 30 nude pictures. Then they asked for $500 again. She said, I don't have it. That's why I sent you the pictures. Then they posted all of those pictures on her Instagram. Her parents did not know she had Instagram. Her parents did not know she had a phone. And at uh, 4 a.m., they wake up to their daughter screaming as now her profile is full of herself. Now, I couldn't use that illustration on the weekend. It was heartbreaking. I'm calling the pastor, praying for him and his family. <coughs> no one's immune to this. Um, I mean, I talk about how if you use Instagram, the chances of your daughter dealing with anxiety and self-harm go up 64%. Um, here's the deal. When I grew up, everything that I heard from our stage was about alcohol. I'm just going to be upfront with you. Uh, social media is about three times more dangerous than a beer. And we got to be, we got to start thinking that through. When I grew up in high school, there was places that you, you know, there were parents who said, you're not allowed to drink. There are parents who are like, if you drink, don't get caught. And there were parents who said, you can come to my house to drink. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything valuable about any of those, but the play that the people who said you could drink at my house was, my kid's probably going to drink. I'm just going to make sure that they don't do something stupid because I'm at least going to be there. And when it comes to social media, uh, we're not, we are not equipped to parent through it because technology is changing so fast. We got parents still trying to figure out Instagram and their kids are already onto TikTok. Here's how you win. Every parent feels this frustration. So if you can step into that as a resource, we wanna help you navigate social media with your kids. We're not gonna make decisions for you. We wanna help you have the, all the information so that you can make an informed decision. Our people ate it up. I have never received more thank you cards, words of encouragement, emails, phone calls, text messages. 
over any sermon I've preached in my life than I did for this sermon. People were coming up, like old women were coming up and grabbing my cheeks and saying, thank you so much. I've been waiting for a sermon on. They loved it. Now here was the challenge. Oh, I'm telling you, this is where you make all your money. We challenged everybody to do a no technology night. Cook a meal with your family, sit around the table. Here's what happened in my own home. My boys are still asking for no technology nights. My kids. I thought I was coming to them, like coming to the churches, like the teacher, like guys, I'm coming to you from the future. My kids were going, actually, dad, when you put your phone completely up from six to eight o'clock at night, life is like as cool as it's ever been. Well, here's the cool thing. I'm pretty good at, at managing my phone, but to my kids, it was life-changing. Well, now what happens is parents are going, we had a blast with our kids. This was more fun. Kids are going, I had more fun with my parents. They're making memories. And you know what they're doing at the end of those memories? They're thanking the church. You're building trust. And I cannot emphasize our capacity to build trust during this season is huge. I would rather have uh, money in my trust account with the church than in the bank right now. Because if they trust you, then they can trust you in every other area of your life. And if you can speak into one of their biggest wounds, this is it. Then we did one on synaptic pruning, which is really, really informative. It's science-based. Then we did one on balance. That one's the only one that's a little tangent to the sermon series. That sermon series, in hindsight, probably should have been more about how do you balance all of these different demands on your life and put God first. But it's actually a really powerful message. And then the last week was, if we're going to be a church that has generational impact, this can't just be a mountaintop experience for our people. And for your home, this has to be the new normal. We added 1,200 people to our church during this sermon series. We retooled our zero to 18 ministry and debuted it during this sermon series. Our elders were going, this was one of the best sermon series we've ever done. Our church was thanking us every single week because we were speaking right into their heart. So it got me thinking, I'm gonna share my screen again. So this weekend, while I was preaching, I decided to throw a Hail Mary and have people tell me about what, um, can you, are you seeing, are you seeing, uh, are you seeing, uh, are you seeing my responses 1131? So we did this this weekend. Here's at our church. We had 1131 people respond. It took five minutes out of my message, and they told me, what do you want me to talk about next? I'm, I don't need to go up on a mountaintop and figure out what does God want me to say to the people. The people are telling me I need God to speak into this area of my life. So I asked, hey, are you exploring your faith like you hate Jesus? You're just not sure yet. Here's what they want to know, which is ironically almost the exact same thing that people who are new to their faith want to know. 
Hold on a sec. And then, so obviously, I've been following Jesus for a while. And here are all the people put together. So here's what I know. Right now, people want answers about how to handle stress. They want answers on forgiveness. They want answers on discovering their purpose in God's plan for my life. They want sermons on the family. They want sermons on hope. They want sermons on the Holy Spirit. Now, I think the Holy Spirit one's kind of a, is a throwaway. <clears throat> but I think on this side, you can make hay. If you can speak into the areas where people are and show them that God can be trusted and that God is good. If you want that survey and you want someone to do all the homework for you on the backside, reach out to me. I'll get you in touch with one of my people. They turn that information around for me in under eight hours. So if you want our job form, if you want us to build it out so that way you can show you how to do some of the work. But I mean, I'm getting ready to spend the next three weeks figuring out what are we going to be preaching next at our church. And I am, I'm going to be using that information to inform me because I want to know where our people are. And right now, where our people are is inside their heads. They are stuck between the ears. And if we can start addressing that and building trust in them, uh, they're going to love you for it. You can email me if you're interested. Email me at clayton at thecrossing.net. I'll punch that in. And uh, Molly will uh, get you connected with whoever you want uh, help with. Uh, there's a bunch of other things I'd share with you, but it'll take too long. Um, but I'm just telling you this sermon series, I'm, I'm not a top 50 communicator, but our people love this. And I, and that sermon series is press play for you if you want it. Like you've got the next eight weeks. Uh, all you have to do is print stuff, retool it to fit your own voice. Um, I'm going to do another family series probably this year. Like I might preach on family twice a year. Just because they need that much help. For the most part, people don't visit your church because everything's going fantastic. Like how many people have you met that came to your church and they're like, yeah, we won the lottery. My wife just said we need to have more sex and all my, and I'm debt free. And we're like, you know what? We should go to church today. I've just never met that person. What I get is, I just, it just doesn't happen. What I get when people come to our church is, my grandma just died and I don't know what to do. I just lost my job and I don't know what to do. We just moved to the area. We don't have friends. We don't know what to do. Okay. Well, if that's who's walking into our church, my message should address that. And there's nothing that we talked about on that weekend that wasn't good for a seasoned person to hear. I mean, it was John who had to, who had to tell them, you've forgotten your first love that even seasoned people need to be reminded of the simple faithfulness that leads to incredible fruit in their life. Like no one's too mature that they don't need the fundamentals. Kobe Bryant, one of the best basketball players of all time, 
started off with layups and free throws. It's like you're never too good for the fundamentals. Clayton. And if someone comes at you and gives you a hard time, say, just go up to their wife and say, is there anything he needs to improve on? And she'll tell you. And then you go back to him and say, yeah, your wife said, actually, you need this series. She would like for you to take notes. Um, Clayton. Yep. I, I want to be the first to just say thank you so much for not only sharing today, but also uh, just for putting all the resources out there, being the kind of leader that not only leads your church, but helps other leaders be great leaders. That's what I love so much about this community is uh, the way that you guys share and network. And I'm just so thankful for you leading in that way. But I also know that when you're doing big things in your church like this, when you, when you are, when you're growing and when you are investing in this big way, I, I know that the, the devil can be close to. And so I just wanted to take a few seconds before we get to uh, questions to just pray over you. So if I could ask for Dr. West and Doug Crozier and Bill Schalkowski, the three of you guys to just pray for Clayton, pray for his team and continue to pray for the crossing uh, if we could do that now for just a few minutes, and then we can go into some questions. And I don't know what Clayton's schedule is, but if you guys want to continue to use this platform a little past one, I have no problem with that. But I just did not want to let the day get away from us without just praying over you for a minute. So um, if we could go in that order of Dr. West and then um, Doug and then Bill, that, that would be great. Thanks for doing that. So let's spend a few minutes just praying over Clayton. Father God in heaven, I just thank you so much that you made Clayton and you have infused within him such vision, such generosity, such passion for your cause. Lord God, in whatever way that Clayton needs, whether it's wisdom, whether it's energy, um, expand, uh, a continued expansion to his vision, um, Lord God, you know <clears throat> what Clayton needs, and, and God, we need we need not only Clayton to be to be uh, continuing to go strong in ministry the way he is, but we need more men like him. So, Father God, we just pray your blessing over him. We thank you for the energy that he brings to us, that the uh, the sense of collaboration that he that uh, he just he just runs his life with so thank you jesus for clayton <clears throat> father i want to also thank you for clayton uh and just just his heart for ministry uh you can see his passion you can see his heart and uh how he wants to impact his communities uh that uh, the crossing exists in uh father just uh, continue to bless him and guide him, um, encourage him uh, to continue preaching well. Um, I disagree with Clayton. I think he's a top five guy. So, mm. Father, we know that. And we're just grateful for him. I'm grateful for his friendship. Um, I'm grateful for uh, just everything he does to pour into others uh, and all of his enthusiasm to do that. And uh, so we, we ask, Father, that you put a hedge protectioner around him and his wife and his family and uh, continue to use him 
as a vessel to expand your kingdom. Hmm. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the uh, the forum, the technology, and the resources to be able to bring this uh, to folks every week, to be able to put people like Clayton out in front that have the uh, the experience that you've uh, so genuinely provided them with um, to just share that with all of us. And it's so important that we, uh, that we, we come together and we come from a Christ centered foundation. Uh, Romans 12, two definitely warns us about not conforming to the ways of the world. Um, mm. James one, two, four definitely tells us that it, we should, we should look at uh, trials right in the face, face them head on because we will, persevere and we will come out ahead when we put you and your foundational uh, process first. And obviously the last thing that I want to talk about is the, just how this expression from Clayton today and everyone on this call will just further the great commission, the need to go out and to reach more people because people who get it, people who understand and people who really know what Jesus can mean to them will share that with other people. And Clayton, I just, uh, man, it was great. I've been watching you um, every week and I watched that entire series and it was money. So thank you, Lord, for this. And thank you for the opportunity to be here today. In this uh, name of Jesus Christ, we thank you again. Amen. Amen. Thank you for praying that head of protection around Clayton. I know that there's people that have some questions. I'm going to start with the one that I saw in the chat room earlier from Brian Bolton. Brian, do you want to unmute and ask it yourself or I can read it from the chat room? It was about where you were getting your data, Clayton. Yeah, just how, how did you, how do you go about doing the surveys and getting all the different data and all that kind of stuff that you gather? Uh, the, the statistics on like social media and stuff, I usually follow the Cleveland Clinic. The stuff as far as the data I got from our church, um, we just use JotForm. So we use the QR code with a link tree, and then we did it in the sermon, and I just walked people through it. If you go to this past weekend's sermon, which is not a good message, uh, but it was on, uh, it's the first sermon of Surrounded. Half, like at, the, like at the three-quarter mark of my sermon, I just walked them through our link tree, um, and it was just, they filled it out. And then our, our, we have a guy here on our media team who back ended it and he had me results on Monday, 1100 responses were sorted. Is that, is that answering your question, Brian? Oh, you're muted. Yeah, I think, I think that makes sense. At least enough. If I have questions, I got your email, I'll holler, but I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, we made it super simple. I can actually send you the link. I uh, know because you guys, will, well, I'll send you the link, but you'll mess up my. I'll get with, um, I will, I will get with Renee and I'll send you some additional links that you guys can play through. If I do it, I'll mess it up and you guys will end up getting me preaching on the Trinity for eight weeks when you guys fill out the form. So like, I'll, I'll let, let me get that figured out and then I'll send it to you. Clayton, uh, I have one question for you. When are you yep. going to write your book? I'm not a writer. 
I'm it, a horrible, horrible you, writer. You, it, uh, you don't need to be a writer to, to put out a great book. Just a book like No Technology Night, Reclaiming Your Family from the Perils of Social Media. Clayton, you'd be a guy, if you could put together something like that, I would help you. That is a resource that I think. Well, I appreciate that. I, Andy Crouch has probably got that market covered. I would recommend everything he's written. Well, I, I, it's not my I'm, gift, my man. I wish it was. I, w I mean, I wish it was, but I'm a horrible writer. Um, it's just okay. Bad. Special note convince Clayton otherwise. Yeah. I'm going to get a book out of you one of these days, my friend. We'll see. But it's certainly questions? that topic is just how, how to, how to parent in a social media age. That's huge. So thank you for the work that you've done on that so far. In the glowing rectangle sermon, I make this statement that the average kid who attends your church from kindergarten to 18 will spend a total of 17 days in your church. And then I rattle it. And I had everybody. Hmm. Uh, that's a that's something you can rally your zero to 18 ministry around. You're only going to get 17 days with them over the next 18 years. Uh, that's why camp's important, because camp gives you five days with a kid in one year. That's why after school programs matter, because your kid's coming every other month or every other week for one hour. And if you don't figure out how to be on point for the 17 days you do get them, you're missing it. Mm -hmm. And it also lets parents know if you don't dial this thing in and get serious about it, uh, no wonder you're going to be bringing your, no wonder you're bringing your grandkids to church because you didn't bring your kids.